let's give Jesus some praise here tonight in the house of God. How good is Jesus? It's Him that we glorify. It's Him that we magnify. It's Jesus that we lift on high here tonight at C3 Silverwater. Fantastic. What a great place you are in tonight in the house of God here at Silverwater. It is just so good to be together. It's uh, no better place than the house of God. And it's all happening. I was at Bankstown this morning because Bankstown celebrated one year this morning under the great leadership of Dylan and Amanda. It's been good, hasn't it? Oh, it's been great. It's been great. Awesome. Oh, man. Come out. Come out when you can. Come and visit us. We love you guys. Uh, Dylan and Amanda we love are doing our awesome pastors. Oh yeah, Kyle. They've been doing a brilliant job out there every Sunday morning for one year now, and uh, we're seeing people saved and making great connections. And it's early days, but God is going to continually to Amen. grow and move around Bankstown. After some news we heard this week around the uh, streets of Bankstown, who knows that they need Jesus, and uh, oh. and that's what we're taking—a message of hope yeah. into Bankstown. Woo! Which is really, really cool. So thank you, band. You can take your seats. Why don't we give the band a round of applause? They were rocking and grooving and moving tonight, which is awesome. Hey, if anyone's lost a little iPod, come and see me later. I got up my seat before, and on my seat, I'd been sitting on an iPod. How small are they these days? Just a little plug for Apple. They're pretty cool, so just come and see me later. Otherwise, it'll stay in my pockets and I'll get home and never be returned. So uh, see me afterwards. But it's all happening. Hey, not only did we have a great morning in Bankstown uh, on this morning, we had a C3 care service in Dundas that went unbelievably this week. Kate, why don't you come up here? I want to hear about it. There's a mic here. Let's welcome Kate Burke because... Kate uh, oversees our Dundas C3 Care Service, so we're in a community centre in Dundas, which is uh, very close to my house. We're there every uh, Wednesday night once a month, Correct. and you had a great meeting this week. Yeah, it was awesome. It's like 60 people yes. and four decisions for Christ, is yep. that right? Awesome, yep. How good is that? How good is that? So good. So Kate's got a great, uh, a great group of a lot of young adults uh, serving on a Wednesday night there. Yep. And uh, serving, we served, so all those people had a meal, so there was like 60 meals served, and mm -hmm. people heard about Jesus. So well yeah. done, Kate. Thank you. Is, is it going well? Are you enjoying it? I love it. Yeah, I'm loving it. And you had twice as many people from the month before. Yeah, we did. We had 30 Double. people the month before. We went from like eight 30 and then to 60. Come on, so, look out awesome. next month. If you want to come and awesome. serve, come and serve. We need more people. Totally. So if you're free on a Wednesday, Wednesday night, just once a month and you can help these guys, uh, they're really making an impact. I was in the shops at Dundas like last week. I told you and I walked past a shop window and it had this big sign and it was like meditation classes uh, in the same, I think, hall that we go into delivering Jesus and the truth. There was this lady who does meditation uh, spiritual classes in the same place. And I was just like, wow, how much do we need to be in there telling people the truth? So, Kate, yep. well awesome. done. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. To you and your team. I can say that. Love. Uh, it's just good to hear what we do as a church sometimes, to know that, uh, you know, we're here on a Sunday, but there's things happening all the time. My wife's at our Maryland service preaching the good news there tonight. And uh, on Thursday here, we had another great care service. And uh, we are around town really trying to reach in and tell people about Jesus Christ. And what a great privilege 
and an honour it is to be doing that because this world needs it. There is only one way to heaven. It's through faith in Jesus Christ. We want to make that message loud and clear to the people around us. So uh, we are going at it full steam ahead, which is absolutely tremendous. Well, tonight I'm preaching a message called Abide. It does carry the same name as our new album that will be for sale for five minutes after the service. I say five minutes just so beautiful Anna, who often sits out at one of our info desks, doesn't have to wait out there for us for an hour after the service, so we can have it for sale just for a few minutes. We can run out there and, uh, you know, one of the great things in life is to fill your world, fill your mind with great worship music. It's something that I've done all the days of my life, and I know how impacting and powerful it is. And there's some great uh, songs on there which will really lift your spirits and, uh, and carry you through the week, because uh, worship here is unbelievable. But if you came here tomorrow night at five o'clock, the, uh, the band won't be here, this room will be dark, uh, but who knows that it's great when we can put on a CD and really listening to some great music. So here we go, Abide, I'm going to start in prayer. So Father God, we're so grateful for who you are for each and every one of us, and we lift tonight up to you. We thank you, Lord, as the uh, Word of God is preached, that you speak to us. You thank you, Lord, that tonight you'll take us further into you. We thank you, Lord, that you'll, uh, you'll meet every need that we have tonight, Lord God, that would leave here full of faith, inspired and ready to go into our week, God. We give you this night in Jesus' name and the people said, Amen, Amen. Abide. You know, our relationship with Christ is unlike anything else in the human realm. Scripture describes that a number of ways, with a number of metaphors, our relationship with Christ. It says that He is the King and we are the subjects. It says that he is the shepherd and that we are the sheep. It describes him as the head and that we are the body. In John 15, it talks about that he is the vine and we are the branches. And what I love about all of these is it indicates how closely God wants to be with each and every one of us. That God doesn't want a distant relationship. He wants a close relationship. That this life that we are in is not meant to be lived at a, a long distance from a relationship with Jesus Christ. We are meant to live it and live it at a close state of being. We're meant to be living this life, not out on our own, but living close to Christ. And I love that. And that's what Abide is really about. It's about being at home in Christ. And if we're going to talk about this, this is just the great passage of Scripture to start here tonight in John 15. And I'd encourage you to open your Bibles there tonight or get on your devices because we're going to read one of the most impacting, most powerful bits of Scripture in the entire Bible. I think it is such a, a clear way for us as believers in indicating to us how we're to live. So John 15, starting at verse 1, I'm reading from the New King James Version tonight, says this. It says... I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already to be clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. 
and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. But this my Father is glorified. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Everyone say much fruit. So you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. What a great passage of Scripture. What a great passage to remind us how important it is to abide in Him. And not only that, to remind us about the great benefits we have when we abide in Him. If we were looking to the Greek meaning, menates, what is the Greek, me, uh, Greek meaning of this word abide? It says to stay, to remain, to dwell. Meaning it is in and through you. It is through Jesus that each of us live. To stay, to remain, to dwell. The thing is in life, we get to choose where we abide. We get to choose where we remain. We get to choose where we will dwell. And we're encouraged here to make sure that we do that in the vine, that we do that close to Jesus, because it is, without a shadow of a doubt, the best way to live. There is no greater way to do life, and we're promised that if we do it this way, that we will bear much fruit. Who wants to produce good fruit in their life? This is a principle of the Word of God. It's a principle we can stand on. It's a principle that we can live by. There's a lot of people who go into life and go and spend tremendous amounts of money to go to certain seminars with people like Anthony Robbins, and, and I'm sure they get some things out of them, but I want to make sure that I stand on the Word of God and I want to produce fruit in life. And this is the key. The key is abiding in Christ. That is the key to produce fruit. That is the key to do well in life. That is the key to go forward in life. That is the key to make sure that when you look back on life at the end of your days and you have a satisfaction in your soul, you know because you remained in Him that for that reason and that reason alone, you've bought a lot of great things in your life and you're producing great fruit. And I love the thing about Christ, that as we come near to Him, I love that He's not so controlling that He's like, come near to me, but I'm going to control you and I'm not going to see you do good things in life and I'm going to... He's totally not like that. As we come near to Christ, I love that He's like, come near to me and life will be good. Come near to me and you will bear fruit. Come near to me and wait and see what I will do with your life. Wait and see. Is it always going to be a bed of roses? No, because He says there'll be time where He will prune us because there's going to be times in our life where there's going to be things that we need to actually improve on and we need to cut off and allow him to prune us so that we can do what? We can bear much fruit. That is a principle that a lot of farmers will know that it's about often the pruning then allows the future to be even more fruitful and more productive than if they let the branch just go at its own pace and never prune. But there's a pruning that takes place and Christ is always wanting to bring out the best in each of us to bring out the best, to have us living a great and a magnificent life. But this is how we do it. We flourish, we shine, we be all we can when we come close to Him, when we come close to Him. 
And I love just all the benefits that we have in life. And I think as we read through these passages of Scripture tonight, there'll be other ones that I'll share in a moment that also tell us about one of the other great things, one of the other great fruits is that we receive peace. You know, peace is something that is so valuable to us. It is so great in life to make sure that you're in a place of peace. And Matthew 11, 28 and 29 says this. It says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and will find rest for your souls." Rest for your souls. What a beautiful thing that is. Money can't buy that. Big houses can't buy that. Big bank accounts can't buy that. Great partners can't even buy that. But rest for our souls can be received from Jesus Christ. And that is a place where he wants to lead us to. He wants us to lead us to a place of rest. Rest for our lives. Rest for our souls. And is there a better stance in life than that place? I doubt that there is. I think that that is the greatest place in life where we live in a place of where our souls are at rest, where we have peace on our lives. And maybe you're here tonight and that's something that you've kind of grappled for peace and you feel like it's, it's been too far off or life's been too challenging to, to get your hands on peace. Can I tell you tonight, I'm going to believe that through faith in Jesus Christ tonight, through believing what the Word of God says, that there is peace coming for you tonight. There is a peace coming for your life. It doesn't have to be something that someone else has, but you don't carry. But tonight, there can be peace for your lives. Peace for you, rest for your souls, because that is where He wants to lead us to. And the more we're in His presence, the more He is there with us, the more rest there will be for our souls. And this peace is a peace that the world doesn't have. It's only found in him. John 14, 27 says this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It's a peace the world can't give, but it's a peace that he can give. And it's something that we, this world needs. Our senior pastor, Pastor Phil, who did our roughing tonight, he's just written a new book. Guess what it's called? It's called Peace. Tim Christenat knows because he did the cover design for it. Am I right, Tim? Let's give Tim a round of applause. Love seeing people use their talents in magnificent ways. But he's got a book called Peace because he knows in this world that it is something that is so valuable, but so many people are missing the mark. And I think so often we miss the mark because we, we go after how the world says we'll get peace. We look at what they say will bring us success and, and it'll be the house, it'll be the great jobs, it'll be this, be that, and in that you'll have peace. But you know and I know that so many people pursue those things for so long and they get there and they know it doesn't produce what they were promised. It doesn't give them the peace. Sometimes it might be in a partner. We think, if only we get there, I'll have peace in that area of my life. Well, it doesn't really land there either. It's in Jesus Christ. That is the place that we can have peace and rest for our souls. So if you want to go to philpringle.com tonight, you can order that book, Peace by Pastor Phil. And maybe the greatest evidence that Jesus is truly in your life is that you're in a peaceful place when everything around you is not at peace. 
because it's in Christ you'll experience the peace and you'll keep your head when everyone else around you is losing theirs. It's in him. It's in Christ. John 6.33 says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. There'll be tribulations. I love the honesty of the Word of God. I love that when I came to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior at the age of 12, I knew what I was going into. I'd been in church for a lot of years, and I'm really grateful that the that we're not kind of tricked into come to Jesus and life will be perfect, you'll never have a problem and every single thing will just be easy because the Bible actually doesn't say that. It says that there'll be tribulations, there'll be some challenges, but I love that in, even through that, that we can still find peace, that we can have rest because of who God is. And I love that. When we're connected to God, we can have peace. But when we're disconnected from Him, that's where we find ourselves away from peace with no peace. Exodus 33, 14 says, and he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. You'll be patient, not impatient. You'll find yourself being able to have long suffering if you need it in life and be strong, not weak. You'll be able to walk calmly, not in a rush. You'll be able to think clearly, not being in a place of confusion. Because walking in the spirit is to walk in peace and power not strife and weakness. When God created us, when he created everything, he had a rest day. God knows that we need rest, that it's good to be in a place where we find rest at times. And his peace covers a lot more than just a feeling of serenity, though. His peace means you're whole. It means you're at peace with yourself. You're at peace with God. You're at peace with others. You're at peace with your circumstances and the world around you. You're not rushing through life, failing to enjoy each step of the way. You're not anxious about your past, your present, or your future. You're not stressing about the amount of things you have to do. You're not paranoid about what others are thinking of you. You don't have phobias about maybe what you're wearing, about how tall you are, how short you are. You're not even fearful about your finances, your house, your family, or your job, because you have peace in Him, because you abide in Him. And if you feel like tonight that thing has been elusive, tonight can be your night. I'm believing that there'll be some keys and some breakthroughs that you can carry peace in your life, peace in your life. And maybe tonight's a good night to take a bit of a stock take. How am I going in life? Am I stressed too often? Do I feel like I'm just rushing from here to there and everywhere? Am I never finding true rest? What's going through your head when your head hits the pillow at night? Are you in a peaceful state? Are there worries and concerns? Because I want to encourage us that tonight there can be a way to live life where even when things aren't going that great, you've got this inner confidence knowing that God's in control, that as you're in Him, He's taking care of things for you, that He's on your side, that He is with you and He is for you. Yeah, let's give Him a round of applause. He is an awesome God. And I want to encourage us tonight to not live in a state where we live as a kind of emergency Christian, where we kind of, we don't really abide in Him, we're not kind of into the things of God that much, but when a crisis hits, we like run to God and we start crying out, God! 
God, help me. And we're, you know, let's not live in a state like that. And I know there'll be search, certain search situations in life where, of course, you, you're drawn to go into prayer, to battle deeper and deeper. But let's make sure that we've got it going on in life, even when things are going really well. Because it's in that place that when problems do come, because we don't know when problems and issues are going to rear their heads, but it's in that place where straight away, in situations where maybe you shouldn't have peace, you can actually walk into with some peace. I can remember as a, uh, a father of five weeks, so my daughter Sienna, who's almost 10, she was five weeks old, and I'd, uh, I'd taken a few weeks off work, and I was back in my, my IT job as a sales manager, and uh, who knows when you have your first child, it's almost like you don't take your eyes off them. As parents, they go everywhere with you. Well, Natalie had been at our home at the time, and uh, she'd gone, we kind of had this room that was like kind of a combined laundry and bathroom. It was a tiny bathroom, tiny laundry. And uh, she had taken Sienna uh, in with her. I think she was, I don't know, doing something in that area. I don't know if she was in the laundry or in the bathroom, but she'd taken Sienna and Sienna uh, would spend a lot of time in one of those little rockers. So it'd be this little kind of blue rocker that you'd put the baby in you had this like tiny little like belt that did kind of nothing and that was the little rocker and she'd picked up this rocker and placed it on top of quite a high um, washing machine and uh, Natalie had moved away and to her absolute fear and just dread what had happened to somehow see Anna at five weeks old had somehow got that thing to move forward and it flipped and went straight down onto the hard floor in the laundry, straight onto the tiles. This is our baby of five weeks. This is obviously a really soft head. And Natalie saw her head flip down and just go bang, straight onto the ground. Now, I got the phone call. It must have been moments later after Natalie had picked up little Sienna. She's, I was at work. I picked up the phone. She was just, you can imagine the hysterical moment for a mum to see that. And she was just bawling her eyes out, saying, Sienna's had an accident, rush home. I got in the car, it was about a 20-minute drive away. I probably made it in well under 10 minutes. I was probably driving so fast to my beautiful, you know, little baby. But the thing that I carried on that very day was, see, she's five weeks old, and I, and I knew every time she was asleep in a cot, I'd go and I'd pray over my baby. I'd pray for the hand of God to be upon her. I'd pray for the, the hand of the Lord to protect her and keep her safe and keep her out of harm's way. It's actually a prayer that I still say over my children just about every day of my life, those same things. And see, there was something in me that was like, it's going to be okay. I just, I just kind of had this thing because I just knew God had heard my prayers. I knew that although there was this terrible accident, that things were going to be okay. So I rushed home. We put her straight, because we only had one car back then, so Nat couldn't take her down to emergency. She had to wait for me to get home. We put her in a car seat. We rushed her down to Monovar Hospital, straight into emergency, told the person on the desk what had happened. They took her straight into a room, straight under inspection. And as they tried to see what kind of damage might be done to this uh, five-year-old, gorgeous little baby, it was like eyes were good, no mark came on their head. It was kind of like... Um, everything's looking good here. Now check another half an hour later, everything's looking good. Another, everything's looking good. Every, they kept us in overnight, the whole night they're checking it. Couldn't find a single thing wrong. There was no mark, there was, there was nothing. There was no bruise, there was no little redness. 
just nothing. And I just think to this day, I believe in, in my God. I believe that he is alive and he is real. And I don't know how big his hands are, but I believe on that day, a hand came in front of her forehead and that no head actually made any contact of any, you know, you know stressful moment on her, her little skull that day. But I just want to encourage us to, to not be emergency Christians, to actually live in a way where we're living in a thing where even when the problems come, we're at peace because we just know our God. We've been at abiding, we've been in prayer, we've been in the things of God and we can carry this confidence because we need to. The Smithsonian Magazine uh, recently did an article saying that we're in the age of anxiety. They did an article saying that we're in the age of anxiety. It says, worms eat you when you're dead but worry will eat you when you're alive. And uh, there is a lot of people out there who are in a place of worry. But let's not go there. Let's stand on the Word of God. Let's believe in the Word of God. Let's make sure tonight we're abiding and maybe abiding afresh in Him, that we're in Him, and that we don't have to take on these things in life. We don't have to take on the stresses and all the things that this life is trying to throw at us because they're going to come and they're going to come and sometimes they're relentless. I mean, sometimes you go to the letterbox and you get the bills and they're like, ouch, ow, they hurt opening those bills. I don't know about you, but I get like rates, the energy bill and the water bill, sometimes three of them on the same day. They've like ganged up on me. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Parramatta Council, Energy Australia, whoever it is, the water. I'm like, don't gang up on me. Like, be kind. Can't you like space these things? They boom in the letterbox often, you know, on the same day or within a day or two. I'm like, things happen, but let's just not let these things. I mean, I see things like that, and I'm like, I'm a giver. I'm a tither. I don't need to get down because my confidence in my finances isn't in my ability and what I do with them. They're in his because I'm a giver. I stand on the word of God that all things are going to work out over our family. We need to live in the spirit because this will definitely help reduce our stress. The Holy Spirit's name is the comforter, literally meaning one at your side, to help you. Isn't that beautiful? The Holy Spirit, one at your side to help you. Isn't that nice to know there is someone at your side and it's not just anyone, but it's like, it's God. Like, it's part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit right there. And I never knew where my life would leave, but I just, I just know that there's such peace and confidence when you're abiding in Him because He guides and He leads and He doesn't want to take us down bad roads. He wants to lead us to good places. I remember as a young man, I'd been dating Natalie, although I don't know if we're we're calling it official dating, for about two and a half months. I met my wife at uh, Oxford Falls, our campus there, and uh, we started hanging out kind of every Saturday for this season. And, uh, And I had this thing that happened to me one day. We were hanging out, and my wife Natalie, now wife, said, she was just chatting. We'd been dating for like two, two and a half months, and she's talking, and she said this one day, she's like, blah, 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 and we've got the rest of our lives to work that out, blah, 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 and kept going with the conversation, and I'm just like, I'm thinking to myself, did I just hear what I thought I heard? Like, we're like, we haven't talked about marriage, we're like, just right at the start of getting to know each other, like, we're a few months in, and she drops that line just in a in a sentence, and keeps talking. And I'm like, oh, I, I like this girl, and, you know, there, there could be potential, but I'm thinking, this is like marriage, that's like, that's like three, five years down the road, and then blah, 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 we've got the rest of our lives to work this out, blah, 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 and I'm like, 
what was that? And I remember going home that night, and has anyone ever had one of those sleepless nights where you kind of, you watch the moon? You actually watch the moon move through the sky, like it's like, I had one of those nights that night. I'm like, what was that? I'm like, God, what was that? So this is what I did the next day. I went down to uh, Monaval Beach. I grabbed my Bible, and I went and sat on the beach just to uh, seek the Lord on this one and do a little bit of abiding in Him and remaining in Him. And uh, as I sat on that beach that day, I had one of the most amazing connections, God downloads I've ever had in my life. I sat on the beach for an hour that day. In one hour, I read one passage of Scripture. For some reason, I turned to Ecclesiastes 3 that day. And in Ecclesiastes 3, it talks about, the Scriptures in there about, you know, where two or more, you know, are good for each other. And if one lies down, he'll, he'll get cold. But if two lie down, they, I started reading these Scriptures and the Lord started to speak to me. And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And, and, and in, in a, a period of one hour, I've, I heard so clearly from the Lord that Natalie J. Hooper is the girl that you're to marry. Not only did I hear that, I, I got a date, which blew my mind because I was the kind of guy that thought, yeah, you date for like three years and uh, then maybe you get engaged and you have like a, a two-year engagement. Well, I heard on that day, no, uh, October 19 was the, the, uh, the day to propose to your wife. The Lord gave me a date to propose and I'm like, man, that's close. That was, that was pretty much about another... We dated for seven months. That was like five months away, like four and a half months. I'm like, what? And then I felt the Lord give me a time frame to get married that day. But do you know what it did? It gave me peace. It gave me peace that I carried all through that year. See, a month or two later, we started having, um, you know, going out, little issues and problems we had to work through, that if I was in a normal relationship, I would have thought, oh, I'm going to throw the town. This is hard work and this is tough. But, um, but it was just God doing his thing. But I carried this, this unbelievable peace over this situation. But I didn't have to fear. I knew that it was going to lead to marriage and I could trust in God what he was doing, that she was the right woman that would work out well for me. Now, I don't know if God always tells everyone that, yeah, that's the one I married, but I was just a young man who was like a little bit freaked out from the blah, 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 blah. We've got the rest of our lives to work that one out. Blah, 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 blah situation. And I sought the Lord and he led me and I received peace. And I love that about the Lord, that he can guide us, he can lead us. And I think my wife and I have become a pretty good force and we've worked out well together. And I give praise to God that, that he, he chose me such a wonderful, wonderful wife. So how do you abide in Christ? Well, I think uh, abiding in Christ is abiding in his house. See, as we abide in him, we fall in love with Jesus. We desire him more and more. We seek him and we want to be with him. We want to be in his presence. And the house of God just becomes such a, such a high like state of place where we want to be, where we want to be and serve and, and just be around God's people. And the house of God is a great place where we're abiding in Christ, but we're abiding in his house. We get drawn in. And I love Psalm 84. And we, uh, we sang a song here tonight. It's off our new album. It's all about this, where we're singing, you know, better thousand days in your courts, one day in your court, then a thousand elsewhere. There's just great words in there to, uh, to help us. Psalms 84, some of the verses on that. 
verses 1 to 2, How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Verse 4, blessed are those who dwell in your house, they will be still praising you. Verse 10 and 11, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my, a house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will ever be withheld from those who walk uprightly. The house of God, it's a great place for us to join together to worship together, to praise together, to pray together, to spread the good news together, to just come as a mighty community of people, the house of God. And God does tremendous things in the house of God for all of us. It's a, it's a place where we have somewhere to go and to grow. We get a, an opportunity to draw near through worship. There's so many good things. Abiding in Christ is abiding in His Word. We read this a moment ago in John 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. We abide in him, but we abide in his words. We have the word of God and it becomes a tool for us. It gives us guidance. It gives us direction. We stand on this thing. It's so important to make sure that this is, uh, this is guiding us in life and it's not other things. We abide in his word. Notice that it says there, firstly, we must abide. And the second thing is about the words. We abide in his words. It is a good thing to have in our life, the word of God. Meditate on the word. Meditate on it. Read it. Let it sink in. And can I be really honest? This isn't always easy for us. Like there are just so many distractions just trying to just pull for our attention. From the moment we wake up, to the moment we go to bed, I am sure each and every one of us has things that are pulling for our attention. Other things than this, and it is not always easy, but can I encourage us to set, set aside the time, make it a priority, make sure that this isn't gathering dust, that we're in the Word, because it'll so help us. It'll help us. Isaiah 26.3, you will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. We've just got to stay on the things of the word. We've got to stay in there. And it's amazing what other things will try and creep into our minds and, and just take us off course and, and get us thinking about other things. And not always our fault. Saturday night of last week, my wife and I, we, uh, we very rarely get to the, to the movie cinemas. I think since we had Sienna 10 years ago, I seriously don't know if I've seen more than about three maybe four adult movies at the cinemas. We just don't seem to get there. We do take the kids from time to time, although that's kind of maybe only a couple of times a year. But we get a lot of DVDs out, and uh, Saturday night last week we got one out, and, uh, and I kind of read the blurb. I'm a little bit careful of my movies. It was just M-rated. I thought, this looks all right. It was caught in the heart of the sea. Has anyone seen it? And uh, in this movie, it's actually uh, it's a movie that's actually based on a true story. And I do this thing when I watch a movie often, and that is um, I like to uh, Google the movie most of the time as I'm watching it. The movie starts, and I'm like, okay, it's been out, you know, 
while since it was on the cinemas, how did it go at the box office compared to how much they paid on the movie? So I, I go onto Wikipedia and it tells me a whole lot of stuff and, you know, they invested, you know, 100 million on it and they got like 60 million at box office tickets or they got 800 million at box office tickets. It's a really interesting way and I might read a few reviews and I'm watching the movie and it's just the thing that I often do when I watch movies. And I was watching this movie and I started to do that and then after that, um, in the start of the movie, see, it's about this whaling ship in the 1820s that uh, would go out and kill whales and get the whale oil. And during the movie, Natalie's like, what do you use whale oil for? And I'm like, I don't know, I've never seen it for sale. So just did a little bit of a Google on that to, to see what they would use whale oil for. And uh, obviously it's pretty much banned around the, uh, the planet these days, so I don't get any ideas about going and getting, don't catch whales, Mick, up there and, uh, and steal their, their oil. But, um, you know, what ended up happening is uh, this movie really, I got kind of, you know, into the movie and then I'm like watching it and uh, it ended up being pretty sad. The, uh, the novel Moby Dick is actually written about this, this uh, it was inspired by this story because this uh, whaling ship goes like 200, 2,000 miles away from mainland America to go and hunt down these whales and uh, it ends up sinking. It gets like pretty much like barged and attacked by what they say was an angry whale that was just like massive, and uh, but it was based on a true story and all these people lost their lives and some people got in some rafts and some guys landed on a deserted island and some of them wanted to stay on that way. Other ones said, "No, we're going to try and chance our way back to another island that's got people." And uh, my wife, who must be very discerning, she got up towards the end of the movie and I'm glad she did because some of the things that they had to do to try and survive at the end of the movie were really sad and uh, some of them had to resort to eating some human flesh to, and it really, it just got me kind of down. I thought, I didn't expect that. I got church in the morning and, uh, and I went to bed that night I'm thinking about these people and maybe the families involved because it was based on a true story and I'm like, man, this isn't good and... And sometimes things in life just happen like that and we don't always hunt for them or search for them. They start to come over us and starts, you know, we go to bed thinking about things like that instead of the beautiful ways of the Lord. And, and uh, you know, it happens sometimes, but I'm just glad that we've got the Word of God just to help cleanse us sometimes when stresses are coming or situations come our way. And I just love what my wife does because I think she does it just so well. I just know sometimes when there's things happening in our world, whether it's church leadership world or whatever's happening, sometimes things happen, big decisions or whatever, she, I just find her in the bedroom, Bible open, reading the Word of God and often praying. I just see it happen all the time. She knows where to go for the breakthrough. She knows where to go for the power. She knows where to go for the peace. And that's where we go. And there's going to be times in life for all of us we need to abide in Christ and be abiding in his word. And lastly here tonight, and the band can come, is uh, abiding in Christ is abiding in prayer. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, out of the Message Bible says this, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ places worry at the center of your life. See, prayer is about communing with God. It's not just about sending a grocery list to heaven. We should just always be in that place. It's essential to abide. We need to create time to pray. We need to create space 
to pray. We need to make sure that we're, we're putting it into our calendars. We're finding time to be in prep. And just like I said with reading the Word, sometimes that's hard to find time for that. It can be similar for prayer. There's just so many noises out in the world. There's so many demands pulling on us all the time. But this is where the power is. This is where the peace comes. We need to abide in Him. Be connected to that vine. Because it will change our lives. If we truly live out the power of John 15, we will bear much fruit. We need to abide in Him. He'll prune us at times, but that's good. But He knows, doesn't He? He knows. So I encourage us all tonight to maybe go into this week and be someone who says, you know, I'm going to abide. I'm going to dwell close with Christ. I'm going to remain close with Christ. I'm going to stay close with Christ because that's what it is to abide. And We've got to make sure that that's central in our life. Not all the other things that try to take our time and take our energy and take our focus to make sure that He's number one. He's central. Because that's where we'll find peace. That's how we'll have rest for our souls. Who would like some rest for our souls? I'm sure all of us would love to live life in that place. And before we come to a conclusion here tonight, I do just want to put out a few questions here tonight. I want to ask the question if you're here tonight. Because really abiding in Christ, all of us at some point in life need to take the first step of abiding. And that is by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Saviour. That is for each and every one of us to have a moment in life where we say, Jesus, you are true. Jesus, you are Lord, and I invite you into my life. The great thing is when we do that, when we invite him in, we get eternal life in heaven. We get the assurance of that. It's the greatest thing to do in life. I did it as a young boy. I've never regretted it. Marrying my wife was a great decision, but the thing that surpassed it without a shadow of a doubt was that decision to become a Christian, to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And if you're here tonight and you've never done that, just in a moment, all I'll ask you to do is say, yes, Hartley, that's me. I've never said that prayer and I'd like to tonight. And I'll ask you to raise your hand in a moment and I can pray with you. Maybe you're here tonight and you've said a prayer like that, maybe even many times. But you know tonight in your heart of hearts that you have drifted, that you're not abiding, that your relationship with the Lord is not close, and tonight you'd like to make it close. In a moment, I'll ask you to raise your hand because I'd love to lead you also in a prayer to see that become number one in your life, to get that thing red hot again, to have Him close to you tonight. And thirdly, maybe you're here tonight and if life was to end, you would not be 100% sure that you'd be on your way to heaven to spend eternity in heaven with Christ. If you're here tonight and you are not 100% sure of that, I'd also love for you to raise your hand because that is not the thing to be unsure of. That must be something that we have 100% assurance in our heart and we carry that every moment of our life. So here tonight, right now, could we just all bow our head and close our eyes just to take away distractions 
And if you're here tonight, number one, you'd like to receive Jesus for the first time. Number two, you have before, but you would like tonight to come back. You know if you're honest with yourself, that relationship has extended and you're not walking closer than you would like to. I'd love for you to raise your hand. And thirdly here tonight, if you are unsure of where your eternity is, tonight can be your night. If you're in any of those three categories, right now, could you raise your hand nice and boldly and say, yes, Hartley, thank you, my friend, I see your hand. That is brilliant. Thank you. That is fantastic. Some friends of ours have raised their hands tonight. They've said yes tonight. They've said yes to Jesus. Is there anyone else here tonight? You're saying yes, Hartley. That is also me. I need to say this prayer. I want to be included in this prayer tonight.